This is show number 385, and today I bring you Zig. He's talking to us about winning relationships. Many people want the step-by-step procedure to success and bypass deeper issues like relationships, but it doesn't exist. There is no successful person that's an island unto themselves. There may be a, a rich person or a famous person or a notorious person who goes it alone and does it alone, and they are alone, which is why they don't make it into our true success radar. Everyone in that radar has winning relationships. But where do you start? Listen in. You're what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we continue the legacy of Zig Ziggler, the world's foremost authority on the fuel for everything we pursue, motivation, inspiration, and a confident self-image. We apply that fuel to leadership, personal growth, sales, faith, family, and success. Our foundational purpose is to inspire true performance, and this is the goal of every show. I'm Kevin Miller, show host and devoted evangelist of inspiration, Tom Ziegler, Zig's son and the CEO of Ziegler, and I come to you every week to discuss Zig's teachings and bring you the absolute best of today's most inspirational leaders. We get down to the roots of what will absolutely expand human potential, your potential, to it. Did you ever see the movie The Matrix where the main character Neo is able to learn and gain mastery of anything from martial arts to flying helicopters in mere moments? How would you like something, or at least as close to that as possible, that indoctrinated you fully in the core Ziegler principles of success, enabling you to embrace them personally and then go out and teach others, uh, giving you certification and licensing as a Ziegler leader and best of all, in my opinion and the testimony of all the participants, you become part of the literal Ziegler family family and legacy with the Ziegler brand behind you. You'll never go it alone again. So I'm talking about the Ziegler Legacy Certification Course. It's coming up. The next one is coming up in July uh, 11th through the 15th. 2016, you'll spend five full-on days in Plano, Texas, just outside of Dallas at the Ziegler headquarters. You can get all the info and I really challenge you to apply. Not everyone gets in and uh, each course is limited to only 25 people. If you apply, you'll be contacted and then you can see, is this really best for you right now? So go to ZieglerCertified.com. All right, ZieglerCertified.com. You can tell them that Kevin sent you. Well, folks, today we're drawing again from Zig's renowned series, Strategies for Success, Blueprint for Achievement. This segment we're going to listen to is Building Winning Relationships, and this piece is Zig's relational philosophy. I mean, the premise is how do you go about building winning relationships, which is a vital topic. Many of you listening understand the power of strong, fulfilling, giving, mature, supportive, encouraging, uplifting, caring, deep relationships. 
but you may not know how to go about creating and establishing them. Thus the focus of today's clip. Before I bring it to you, I want to thank a Ziegler show sponsor. This show is brought to you in part by concur. If you're a business leader like me, you probably see your responsibilities growing every day, which makes it hard to stay focused on the most important part of your job managing the bottom line. At the same time, your job's getting bigger. Your employees are expecting more. These days, there's a device or an app for just about everything. And employees really like the same conveniences at work that they get at home, especially when it comes to expense reporting. So with Concur, you can give them the tools they want to use. Concur lets employees create, submit, and approve expenses, plus manage invoices from any device anywhere in the world, literally. Expense, travel, and invoice. Learn more at Concur, C-O-N-C-U-R dot com slash Ziggler. All right, folks, this here then is 13 and a half minutes of Zig on how to build winning relationships. At the beginning, Zig starts off with the example of a man returning from work to his wife at home. While this scenario may still be a slight majority in today's world, it's not necessarily the norm. So if it is relevant for you, switch it with the woman coming home to the man or both of you coming home from your respective workplaces. The principle is relevant, extrapolated in whatever way serves you best. So here we go. Well, how do you go about uh, building those relationships as a practical matter? Let me, let me play a little game with you just for a moment. And see if I can uh, paint you into this scene. It's Friday afternoon. It's about 5.30. The husband has been gone all week long. He comes to the front porch of the home, heavily laden with luggage and a bulletin briefcase. Doesn't want to put everything down uh, to ring the doorbell, so he kicks the door. Now, he doesn't just kick the door. He tries to kick that sucker down. Bang, bang, bang. Well, his wife comes running to the door, you know, and opens it and somewhat startled to see him. He doesn't move. He just uh, says to her, now, the reason I'm late is I've been to a meeting. And I'm really glad I went to that meeting because I learned some things that just bother me a whole lot. I've learned that there are an awful lot of rights around this house that I have not been getting. As a matter of fact, I have made a list of them. And the first thing me and you're going to do, woman, is we're going to sit down and talk and we're going to go over this list because I'm telling you right now, we're going to make some changes around here. Well, I can well imagine her responding, well, Buster, I didn't go to a meeting. I didn't need to. And I don't have a list. I didn't need to do that either. I got them burned indelibly into my subconscious mind. They are permanently engraved right here. You do come on in. We are going to talk. And I agree with you. There are going to be some changes made around here. And you're not going to like most of them. (laughs) Now, don't you know they had a wonderful, loving, idyllic, romantic, sensational weekend? And can't you in your own imagination just know that on Monday morning they couldn't wait to get out there and go change the world, make it a better place to live. I mean, they are so excited about that wonderful, loving, romantic weekend. In another part of town, Friday afternoon, 5.30, another husband walks on the front porch. He's laden with merchandise or luggage, rather, and a bulletin briefcase, doesn't want to sit it down. He gently taps the door. His wife comes to the door and he says, Sweetheart, the reason I'm late is I've been to a meeting. And I'm so glad I went because I learned some things that that bother me. 
I learned that in all probability, as a husband, I've not been meeting the needs which you have as a wife. I want us to sit down and, and I just want us to talk. I want you to tell me what I can do to become the kind of husband you deserve to have and you thought you were getting when we married. I can imagine her responding, well, you know, actually I've been very happy as your wife. From time to time, I have wondered if I've been meeting all of your needs. Let's do talk. Doesn't need any explanation, does it? When you put the other person first, amazing things happen. Now, I must warn you, you can't make an overdraft on the back of love and good relationships all of your life and then bring the account into balance with one day of loving kindness and friendliness. It's not going to work that way. But I'm here to tell you, you can make some rather radical changes. You can make them in small increments as we'll get into in a later session. But the first thing we need to do is eliminate the blame game. Accept responsibility. Now, that's not natural. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. Some of you remember the story. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God put them right there and gave them everything. He said, you can have it all. It's yours. Now, there is a tree right in the middle of the garden that's got some fruit on it. Leave it alone. Well, you know the story. Adam and Eve, with everything else, decided they want to eat the fruit. And they did. That evening, God came walking in the garden, and he said, Adam, where are you? Now, God knew where Adam was, but he wanted Adam to speak up. He said, over here, Lord. Lord said, Adam, and this is a direct quote from King James. Adam, did you eat that fruit? Well, you know, God already knew the answer, and then Adam gave the manly answer when he said, Lord, let me tell you about that woman. <laughs> That's where it got started right there. Lord said, Eve, did you eat that fruit? And, uh, you know, Eve kept the ball rolling. She said, well, Lord, let me tell you about that snake. And, of course, the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> now, theologically, I don't have a leg to stand on either, but neither do you and neither do I have a leg to stand on. When we're always pointing the finger of blame, it's his fault, her fault, or their fault. You'll be interested in knowing and observing simply that there are three fingers pointed back this way when you got one finger pointed that way. It really does start with us. That's the first step. We got to accept the fact that we have our responsibilities. And we got to accept also something else which seems so obvious when we think about it or hear it. I love the story of the little guy that was confronted by the three bullies, any one of whom could have obliterated him and looked like they were going to do it. So the little guy, pretty smart little fellow, he picked up a little stick and drew a line on the ground and backed up a few feet and he looked at the biggest of the big bullies. He said, now, you just step over that line. The big bully stepped over the line. The little guy just smiled and said, now, we're both on the same side. <laughs> When we understand that between husband and wife and parent and child and understand in the employment world that employer and employee both have a lot at stake. 
When I was uh, in the Navy, some of the older fellows uh, used to say, well, let's go sink the officer's quarters. Well, uh, you know, the problem with that is obviously uh, pretty obvious because you really don't sink part of the business or part of the ship. We're all in it together, particularly in the home. So where does it all start? Well, it all starts really with a huge word called forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is uh, something that is very difficult to do for an awful lot of people. But life is unfair, you might say. I couldn't forgive that person. Why, let me tell you what that rascal did to me. Or let me tell you what that woman did to me. It hurt me years and years ago. Well, let me tell you something, folks. When we deal... In fairness, I might point out that neuropsychologist Philip McGraw says this. If we make fairness the basis of forgiveness, then we're going to be at war the rest of our lives with people in our lives. Let's deal with this one just for a few minutes. I fully understand that forgiveness is a very difficult thing to do. In my judgment, it is the most prominent problem that we have in our society. But that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Don't play God. That's the business that he is in. Do yourself a favor. Give yourself the gift of forgiveness. I've seen it happen so many times, but one of the most vivid experiences I think I've ever had, I was speaking in Atlanta, Georgia, Three or four years ago, it was a Friday night, huge crowd. And they were videotaping, and you could only see the front part of the audience. And I couldn't see what was going on uh, in the back. And I got to talking about forgiveness. And I made the observation that uh, regardless of what had been done to you or said about you, everything from sexual abuse to beating or abandonment or abusing your wife or your mother or, or whatever it was, forgiveness is the key. And I made the observation, I said, one of these days you will either say, I wish I had or I'm glad I did. You can count on it. Later, I was told there was a young woman seated in the audience who got up and uh, walked out. Later, I learned, as a matter of fact, the, that evening, uh, one of the gentlemen told me the next morning, the young woman came up to me and she said, I'm the one they were talking about last night. She said, my stepfather started sexually abusing me when I was 10 years old. And he abused me until I was 16. And I was old enough then to run away from home and look after myself. She said, I haven't spoken to him in all of this period of time. Not even once. And she said, I, I sat there and I was pondering, should I go call him? He was still with my mother. And I knew that he in all probability would be home. So I called and she said, sure enough, uh, after a moment or two with my mother, I asked to speak to him. He was stunned. And the interesting thing about this lady, she was talking to me. Uh, I don't know how you women do it. How can a woman have tears running into her eyes and laughing and smiling all at the same time? I don't know how you do it, but that's what she was doing. Uh, she would talk a minute or so, and then she would grab me and hug me. And she'd talk some more, and then she'd grab me and hug me again. 
She said, uh, when I told my stepfather what you had said to say, what you did to me was horribly wrong. It did an awful lot of damage to me. I don't know why you did it. I was a child. You were an adult. But you did it, and it hurt terribly. But I just want to tell you two things. First of all, I want you to know that despite all of this, I do love you, and I do forgive you. And she said her stepfather broke down and wept profusely. And the end of the story, I don't know yet, but I do know what she said. She said, I've never felt the freedom like I have felt when I forgave that person. Now, folks, let me tell you something about forgiveness. It's dangerous. You see, when you forgive somebody, then you no longer can say it's his fault or her fault. You're now saying, I accept the responsibility. See, you can either let your past beat you or you can let it teach you. But you've got to make friends with your past in order to be fully productive in your present so your future can be all that it can be. About 25 years ago, I made a similar talk and there was a well-known celebrity on the uh, program I didn't hear from him along these lines for over 25 years. And last year, as a result of several things happening, I got a letter. My office did, and here's what the letter said. When I first heard Zig, my lectic career was limited to drug abuse prevention. My message was angry, punitive, and unforgiving because I had lost a daughter to LSD. Zig's hopeful, loving, and forgiving words quickly persuaded me to change and follow his positive attitude about life's problems. Thanks, Zig. It's been a great 25 years. Art Linkletter. When we think about forgiveness and the capacity to forgive, you deserve to forgive somebody else because that really does make a difference in your life. You can't carry anger and bitterness throughout your life and ever expect to reach the potential which you have. William Arthur Ward, who was one of my favorite writers, said, Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment, and the handcuffs of hate are then taken off, and you can become the person you are capable of becoming because it breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. True words were never spoken. Forgiveness really does uh, make a difference. Yes, we need to understand that you really can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Well, friends, Zig's initial analogy presupposes something. I mean, mainly that there's a healthy enough relationship that you could come home to your spouse and take a position of humility and it would be received and reciprocated. For some of you, if you approach your spouse in that in that light, it might be received with anger and bitterness and discomfort. Uh, I mean, as he goes on to say, this is not a one-time fix-all effort, but you can make some radical changes in small increments. I mean, Zig's point here again is how to build winning relationships, and it starts by putting others first. I mean, his consummate foundational perspective, and this is something that we can all do. We must all grow to do, or we'll spend the rest of our lives on the short end of the relational and opportunity and success stick and working to take because nobody is giving because we are not giving. We must give first. I mean, Zig's first point of attack here 
is to quit blaming and take responsibility, which is just not natural. I mean, he tells the story of Adam and Eve in the garden and they, 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 they blame, uh, and that's where we begin. I mean, he goes on to mention when you have a finger pointed at someone else, you have three pointed back at yourself, but folks, I mean, I, I realize there are many, many times, and I think this is the hard crux of this type of an issue when you're trying to be the bigger person to rise above, uh, the circumstances, but there's so many times when there are others to blame. They did do wrong. They're doing wrong. They do have ill intent and you are truly a victim. I know a lot of people are in circumstances like that. And so to hear this, you can nod your head to it, but how do you really go about it? Uh, that's the, that's the crux here. You either react naturally folks and fairly and rightfully and be a victim and suffer that life. Or you decide that fair or not, and it's not going to be fair you are going to take a different tact. I'm not even going to call it a higher road. You know, it's just the winning road is what Zig is taking us on here. Uh, There is no winning and no success, no benefit from being a rightful victim. And we are a very, in a very, especially here in America, a very rights-based culture, a very entitled uh, culture. And we want justice. I mean, this, this country was built on justice, right? But it was more so, initially, it was built on freedom. And when we are in a place of being victimized, of playing the game of what's fair, what's not, we are not free. So we're talking about breaking free, and it is difficult. That's the thing. I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to minimize it. It is difficult. But the only win and success is deciding no matter what, we will not be the victim, even when we absolutely are. And sometimes we can't sit there in a circumstance or in a relationship and say, gosh, I'm I'm not a victim. I mean, you're being victimized possibly, but you got to come away with a decision and an action that says, I'm not going to respond and continue on though in being what I could fairly claim as a, a victim. It would be fair. It just isn't going to lead anywhere. When blame is fully and fairly on another person, we're going to take responsibility for what we do anyways. And you know, if that sounds nuts, it is. I mean, I agree. Doing what it takes to win means you must do things that are nuts. They aren't fair. They aren't logical. And you'll take even more hits in the short term in order to come out on top in the long term. That's a massive perspective, folks. And to start to change in the real life circumstances and the relationships and environments you're, you're literally involved in now can nearly feel insurmountable, which is of course why few do it. And when they hear, even when they hear a message like this, but it's also what showcases this dramatic opportunity that in some ways, again, not minimizing it, but it's just a decision away. It's just a new action away. It's a new paradigm away. It's a new perspective away. It's just turning and doing something different, which is where we see everyone that we listen to on this podcast with the amazing guests that we bring in for interviews on other podcasts that you listen to on, uh, on, in books that you read in, uh, messages that are presented to you. These are people who had every right to react in the normal way. And they decided they wanted a better outcome. It was still self-focused. They wanted more for themselves. They were going to take a harder road, which is against the flow. I mean, I don't have a magic bullet for this perspective, folks. I mean, it's you and you alone listening to this, listening to Zig, listening to these perspectives. You're where you are now with your own story to write 
of how you wake up tomorrow and walk your day in relationships and actions out differently for a better outcome or not. And so Zig in some ways, not to boil it down to one thing, but what's at the root of a lot of the relational things if we're trying to do something different, not be a victim, it's forgiveness, big word, not a word that's real popular, not a word you talk about a lot in social circles in any way. I mean, forgiveness, it's not a word that I don't think anybody hears and they like, doesn't sound fun. Life is unfair. And Zig said, if we make fairness, the basis of forgiveness, then we're going to be at war the rest of our lives. That's a huge statement. I don't, I've never seen, I'm sure it's out there. I have not seen that quote. I did not know that quote until listening to Zig's clip just now. Again, he says, if we make fairness, the basis of forgiveness, then we're going to be at war the rest of our lives. And I thought about it. If we only forgive those who deserve it, right? Well, it's, we're going to have to do it to the ones who don't deserve it. It's not going to change them. Uh, this is about, this is for you. This forgiveness is for you. Zig thinks that this issue is the most prominent problem in our lives. And again, he's saying this coming from a life devoted to helping people progress towards the successes that they desire in their lives. And that's important too. their successes. It's not how he defines. It. It's not how somebody else defines it, how you define it. He's just trying to help and support and encourage you. And he sees this as the most prominent problem. And I'd have to agree folks. I mean, I've come to realize the reason it's this issue is, is hard for me is not even that I wish anyone ill will. I don't, I don't have a big grudge against somebody. I struggle with forgiveness because it can, it feels like it's enabling the other to continue in their wrongness. And that's, again, we're back to justice. That's not, that's not just, that's, that's not fair. But then again, I'm, I'm, I'm the warrant one getting hurt by it. I'm the one who is sabotaging myself, caging myself and taking away my own freedom to move on. And again, this is, we got to realize that, that doing this is a lot of times I'll go after some big endeavor like this relationally, and I really want to see it change the other person for the better. And I've got to come to peace with it may not, it probably won't. This is for, this is for me, for my personal freedom. I can't help but wanting my actions to cause a reaction in someone else, but I'm doing the action to cause a reaction in me. So I, I want to forgive and I have to uh, have the, uh, I have to influence. I want to influence the other person. So they change, but it's about influencing me. All right. So folks, I mean, forgiving, it's not easy. It doesn't mean you continue making yourself available to the person who's being wrong. You may need to remove yourself. And that's difficult as well. Cause we feel trapped in circumstances, whether it's a, uh, you know, a work environment, that we feel like, gosh, I've, I can't, I'm, I'm stuck there. Well, again, it may take some big decisions to remove yourself from a place that is, that is toxic from relationships that are toxic, which brings us back to dealing with the reality of circumstances. What if you hear uh, this message and you understand and you believe, but it just feels impossible to become a responsibility taker, not a blamer amidst your current circumstances can feel like too big of a pill to swallow. And if it is, then again, you may need to look at changing your circumstances. I mean, your success, your relational health overall, and, and those you want to love. I mean, this depends on it. So I'm not telling you what to do. Zig is pretty, pretty big on not telling you what to do. 
Nobody knows your truth. I'm just doing some math. If you need a certain outcome, but the current integers just don't add up to the right number, you need to change the input. But folks, winning relationships, winning relationships. We, we don't find, there's nobody that we're going to bring on to the Ziegler show to interview who has achieved an area of success and generally an overall aspect of success that is not doing it on the, the roots of winning relationships may not be a hundred, may not be 50. It may be two, but there are some winning relationships within there and usually a good amount of people to support and encourage you that you are first off supporting and encouraging. So it's a big charge today, folks. I'm going to leave you with that. You might want to go back, listen to Zig's talk again and let it hit home. Pay attention to what resonates. Pay attention to your feelings as you listen to the message. What gives you hope? What sounds inspiring? What feels hard? What hurts? What feels painful to even listen to and deal with? I mean, those are where we need to press in and be real and figure out what we need to address next. All right, folks, here I wish you a new path to winning relationship, to increasing your winning relationships. Uh, we can't, we can't too, put too much emphasis on it. That's why Zig makes it such a focal point. Thanks for tuning into The Ziggler Show today. I look forward to being with you in the next Ziggler Show. Mm-hmm.